This is episode four of Outlander Cast with Mary and Blake. People disappear all the time. Most are found. Eventually. Disappearances, after all, have explanations. Usually. Cast with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. And welcome to Outlander Cast. I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name is Blake. And I want red shoes all of a sudden. I know, right? We should look online at Zappos. <laughs> Wait, do you think they had Zappos back then? They probably had a Mick Zappo. <laughs> what? The, like, what? The, like the shoemaking family, the Mick Zappos. You call them up and they'll be over in an hour. The, at least next day. You know who was out of awful. a job, though? That is awful. The gentleman who made the coat. Whatever his family name is, oh, he's he better that guy count his um, blessings that he still is alive. Yeah, or he still has his man pots because whoa, like come on, man, what are you thinking? You know, Colum's just very sensitive. I, for one, hate trying on clothes. Like you know, oh, I, I do know. That's why I have to do Zappos. I hate going to the stores and going in the dressing rooms and trying on things, and then they don't fit right, and they bring out the worst in me, and. That's what Colum is. You know, he just needs a McZappo to show up and give him a bunch of different options. Do you options. realize how awful that sounds? You're just making fun of an entire culture. I'm Scottish. I know, but that doesn't give you the right to just... I'm interested to know how Zappos got their name. I'm going to find out. Maybe it was a family name. Oh, my God. Who knows? Probably not a Scottish I think it's safe family. to say that there probably wasn't a Zappos back then, and if there was, it would take more than a day to get to yeah, unless go. he was your neighbor next door. But nonetheless, <laughs> I think Colum was one of those people that would have preferred to have a bunch of different things brought out. He could put himself some self-tanner, have a glass of wine. <laughs> this is what we do, ladies who order from Zappos. That's how, like, you know how I bought, like, 10 different bathing suits? I tried them on, mm-hmm. I had some wine, and I found the one that I liked. <laughs> and nobody had to see me trying on bad ones. Anyway, let's jump into this week's title of outlander it was called the way out yes so my darling blake who is the non-book reader of us too what do you think this title meant i think it means clearly it refers to claire's great uh emphasis and like epiphany that oh my god there's this story at the end of the show and that there's this story of these people and uh, or this uh, these women these women who touch the rock and they they fall in time and they go back and she's real she says I'm gonna do whatever it takes even if I have to die to get back to Frank and that's her way out. But I also think there is two other levels here. One, it refers to how she um, is r- relating to Column and how she can get out of his trap. She's trying to like 
gain his trust. And that's her way out. At least that's the way that she feels. That's her way out. Her way out of his his trap. His yeah, his, his fake his prisonership of her. Yeah, you know what I mean. But my conspiracy theory person in me says this: This is her way out of being with Frank. Oh, I know she says, "Oh, I'm gonna get back. To, I'm gonna get back to Frank." And da 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 da. And you know, I kind of believe her. I do. Uh, at least I want to believe her because I'm totally Team Frank. But I think when she starts flirting with Jamie, which was so freaking overt, by the way, are we seven? She was tipsy. Oh, my God. Hey, here's an idea. Let's just keep getting hammered. Well, that is one of Claire's ways that she deals with things. Oh, my God, girl. Just keep drinking. drinking. It's not like they have Aquafina or or <laughs> Fiji or even Poland Springs. They're not offering her some water. I don't even know if the water there was like clean and drinkable. Yeah, I'm probably not drinking 1743 Scottish water. No, no. Yeah, and I'm probably not doing Claire it. probably knows what bacteria is in that water. So she's like, if it's water or wine... I'm going to take the wine yeah. and it will help me get over the fact that I've time traveled because she still can't handle it. So ultimately, I think this is the conspiracy part of me is saying that this is her way out of being with Frank. She is starting to get this kind of like little flutter in her pants about Jamie. And she, I think internally, she's like, I'm not sure if I really want to leave. Mm-hmm. And this is her way out. I don't know. I don't know. That's just a conspiracy part. Interesting. Of me. Yeah. Nice theory. So, yeah, for those of you who might be new to Outlander cast, I, Mary, am a book reader mm-hmm. and Blake is not. So, this whole podcast is spoiler free. It's the way to be. And for and those it's, of- it's it's specifically dedicated to just the TV show. Yeah. We're not going to sit here and be like, oh, the book's this, oh, the book's that. There, There is a benefit to that. Uh, there are some shows out there that are, that are like that. But this show is just specifically about the TV show. So enjoy. All right, let's get into the recap of this week's episode. It starts off with the Hogwarts Express picking up Claire. <laughs> on, on, on platform nine and three quarters. That's right. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. She is saying farewell to Frank, except Frank's like, girlfriend, I can pull some strings. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to go. And that was a really sad scene. And this is why I'm totally team Frank, okay? He loved this woman desperately. All he wants to do is just be with her, right? It was a beautiful flashback. I I felt pangs in my heart for Frank. Exactly, exactly. And he is totally smitten with her. And he's like, this is backwards. I should be going to the front. You should be sticking here. And I kind of feel bad for him because you know what? He's right. He really is right. Sure, he's like super smart and stuff, and he probably knows how to deal with all these spies and everything, but he's the one that should be going to the front. It's it, it's a total role reversal, and so far this show, it's being a little overt about the role reversal that that they're trying to capture, I think. Uh, it's, it's like smashing you over the head a little bit. No, I think it's just that is Claire's personality. You yeah. know, Claire is just very, he says that her stubbornness is so attractive, but I see it not stubbornness. I see Claire as being a very strong female. Yeah. And it may not, the little feminist in me, isn't thinking that it's role reversal. It's just showing you how strong Claire is. Yeah, I'm not saying that we're like burning bras here or anything. But what, what I'm saying is, it's making it a very specific point to make sure that you know that Claire is this extremely strong woman and you, and she can do whatever she wants and she's the one who's in charge. She literally says, I, I'm i in charge! Like in this episode. She says it to Jamie. 
and maybe she was. Maybe she's in her little room in, in, in the surgery where on the table upon which she had sex. And she's sitting there and telling that she's in charge. Yeah, maybe she is. But like, wow, okay. I, I, get, the, I get the point. Let, let's, let's move on, you know? Frank says, promise that you will return to me. Mm. Promise. And, and she promises. Yeah, and I think if she doesn't return to him, mm-hmm. it would be a little disingenuous of the writers to not have her return. That scene, I'm because telling it, you, it be, did something to me because I felt so much for Frank. I know, and like that's the thing. You, you, I think you're supposed to be in touch with the fact that you, you you're split between either Frank or Jamie. And I think that's what they're going for. And I'm like I said, I'm totally Team Frank. If they don't have her return, the whole point of bludgeoning you over and over again with, oh, promise it, you'll return. Flashbacks. And at, and at the end, she says, oh, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get back to Frank. They're bludgeoning you with this. It, it, it's like, oh, remember in season three of Lost, spoiler alert, by the way, when they kept, t- when Charlie kept, uh, I'm sorry, when Desmond kept telling Charlie that he was going to die. Mm-hmm. And it, like, it, it, he kept saying it, kept saying it, kept saying it, and you'd see all the little flashes. And then eventually, he he does die. Yeah. And it would have been disingenuous of Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, who ran sh- who ran Lost, to not have Charlie die. I don't even know if necessarily we're supposed to feel like this is the writer's foreshadowing. I see it as more, I mean, because Claire is awoken. This is almost like she's reliving a dream, a flashback in her mind. Yep. And, you know, was it a flashback or was it a dream? Oh, you mean like something that she made up in her head? Yeah. Well, I I'm t- I tend to think that this is her reflecting back upon her promise to Frank that okay. she was going to come back. Like because that that's not something that she's reflecting like, "Oh, fr- this is what Frank's doing right this very second. Oh, he's looking for me and he, me, hope maybe he thinks that I'm with another man." And then you know how she was imagining that last yes. episode? No, I think she's recalling back to something that actually happened like before they before they went away. I loved that scene. I, I think, did too. I think that it really uh, did a lot. And I don't necessarily see it as the writers throwing it in, into your face. I see it more as Claire's motivation. And you know one interesting thing that they're doing here too is they're taking the the film from the 40s, like the the scenes from the 40s, and they're draining all the color it's out like of it. It's like sepia or sep... What is... How do you... Sepia. Sepia. <laughs> sepia. I was getting fancy. Is it sepia and Sephora put together? Oh, I love Sephora. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, they're draining all the color, right? And they're almost like muting and softening the, the, like the picture right in front of you. Yeah. And then, okay, when she gets back to Scotland in the 1740s, all of a sudden it's bright and it's colors and, and it's, everything's vivid and... I like the, I like what they're doing there. It, not only does it give you a, a good a distinction, yeah. yeah, it distinct. It makes it distinct. I like that. Yeah, she gets woken up by a really cold bath with Mrs. Fitz. <laughs> oh my goodness, I loved this. I loved her. She was like, I can bathe myself, you know. <laughs> um, but she ends up telling Mrs. Fitz that her husband's not dead and that she seems to have fallen through time. She tells her about the stone circle and everything, and basically says. I'm from the future. <laughs> what? What's that clap for? That clap is for Ronald D. Moore. I want to thank him personally. Okay. Because what he did here was he literally pissed off the entirety of the Outlander readership. Why? Because apparently this didn't happen in the book. No. Exactly. <laughs> 
right? And I know I just said we're not going to talk about the books, but this is in light of the show. He, How did you catch wind of this? I, I hey, look. I got my I got my 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 ways. Okay, it, it, it's clear to me why they did this. I'm going to get into that in a second. But I just want to thank Ronald D. Moore for this because he pissed off the readership so that they were like. I got to see this. I got to see this episode. What? I can't believe they changed this. Because you see her say that in the preview of last week. And then you see Mrs. Fitz yell, witch. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a witch. And then you have people like me who haven't seen the sh- who haven't read the book. They're like, I'm like, oh my God, dude. He's going to go that. They're going to get to this that quickly. Oh my God. But you find it was just a daydream. Yeah. And I, I like why they did this. Because eventually they, they introduce Father Bane. And all I can think of when I hear Bane is like, oh, the darkness. I grew up in it, you know, from uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. That's all I could think of. Do you feel in charge? No, you know, and he's kind of like Bane. Anyway, they needed to introduce this character, right? And you needed to know that Mrs. Fitz is a Christian because she could have been like some druid or she could have been like someone who was uh, a pagan. You don't, you don't know necessarily. No. So they, they, they needed to get that religious aspect in so that when Father Bane does come back, you know that Mrs. Fitz is probably going to choose Father Bane to heal her like eight billionth nephew. Like, is this, is this lady related to everybody? No, it, they didn't have birth control back then. So people yeah, had apparently. very big families. Oh, my God. And they got very big other things, too, I'll tell you. <laughs> what? <laughs> From my female pots. Bosoms? No, no. Bottoms? Yeah, never mind. Okay. Just, we're just going to let that one go. Oh. <laughs> there oh, you sorry. go. Hey, a light went off. Anyway, so <laughs> I I see this not just to help distinguish the fact that these people are almost superstitious, believe in witches, but I also see it as Claire's mind is eating away at herself. It's this constant worry. It's this battle oh, yeah. of, I need to get back. I promised I'd get back to Frank. Do I ever get to tell anyone? I'm living this like secret lie. What would happen if I told someone? Would they believe me? Oh, would yeah. Mrs. Fitz, my girlfriend, would she believe me? Nope. Nope. She learned quick in that daydream. So she <laughs> shut her mouth and dressed the part. She learns when she's out of her daydream that all of the fellas in, in the Highlands are coming on over to make an oath to Colum. Yes. Because Colum is the laird. The laird. Laird. Yeah. That's why I said. <laughs> no, you said, you said lard. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, L-A-I-R-D. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not protesting the spelling. I'm just saying that you said lard, not laird. Well, I tried to make an I sound in there. <laughs> it, it gets confusing because it's not lord. No, definitely not. And when you say it, when you read it in the books, you make up your own words, you know. Kind of like Leary. I, I looked it up her, I looked up her, like her name. It looks like leg hair. It does look like leg hair. That's why it's so difficult for those of you. So Leary is the blonde chick who we saw making out with Jamie. And her name, it's spelt so crazy. It literally looks like it says leg hair. <laughs> Like if you if you were to read it, Blake, what would you have thought it said? Did you think it would say? Leg I hair? would have literally thought it said leg hair. Yeah, and I so, would have been like, oh wow, that's a weird name for, for a chick in Scotland. Yeah, and like I know there's probably different pronunciations. I get it, no problem. But still, reading it and, uh, and that would, that would just be what I called her. But it is not. It is not leg hair. It is leery. <laughs> even hair. even when you listen to the audiobooks, it sounds like Leia or something. So So we're just gonna go with Leary. Yeah. And, sorry and I, sorry it, people if I, I mispronounced it. I'm telling you. In my mind, when I read these books, 
I say leg here. <laughs> and I and know you, a lot of our listeners are like super intense about these names. As Trust they me. should be. I know. And I get it. I appreciate it. Thank you for correcting us because all we want to do is just get it right. Yeah. You know, and and please, if we're pronouncing it in, in, improperly, uh, we give uh, us a us shout know. out. Yeah. Send us a voicemail and be like, this is the way you pronounce things. Yeah. So anyway, all these guys are going to be coming to make an oath to column to say, we got your back, bro. And um, the Claire goes and she tries to learn about all the different medicines that they have in the surgery. Mm-hmm. And one of the things says you take horse dung for a headache. Blake gets headaches a lot. I'll tell you what, I ain't eating horse crap. Oh my God. I kind of wish I could travel back in time with Blake for just one day. And he'd get a migraine probably from time traveling. And I'd say, Blake, you know you know what you got to do? Hey, some horse crap. <laughs> some horse dung, buddy. Pigeon's blood and powdered human skull. Oh my God. Who came up with these things? And who was the test subject that was like, all right, I'm going to test the horse dung. I have a headache. I'm going <laughs> to test it. It's between the horse dung and the cow dung. And the cow dung. Like, which is the placebo. You yeah. know how you need to have like, and then would there be like what's human the, dung? What's the control? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. And so while Claire is taking oh. care of all this medicine stuff and going through things, ew, one of them was bugs. It was so gross. Uh, she's being watched the whole time. Yes, by Angus. Still have, still has, you know, a little friend keeping an eye on her the whole time. So um, what I loved, though, is she kept, she just decided, you know what? I'm just going to be boring and just do my job. And Angus and his bros just keep drinking because they get bored of Claire. Is that something that she's doing because... She feels obligated to do it now that she's like this healer, or is that something that is, that is that her OCD? Is that her being a control freak, being like, "All right, if I'm going to be here, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to get it done, and it's going to be my way or the highway." That is strong, Claire. That and that's is what I her. feel like, you know. And she, being a nurse in war situations, she had to take control and and act on her feet. And I also think she's probably bored out of her mind. If she doesn't make herself useful, mm-hmm. she's going to be bored, and she knows this is a way to hopefully get in Column's good graces mm-hmm. and hopefully find a way to get back with that guy who took our cheese and go home. <laughs> the cheese guy. forgot about him. <laughs> hey, we saw boobs finally, by the way. Again, the boob count is up to two so far. Oh, my goodness. When, when, when Mrs. Fitz was bathing her. Sorry. Oh, I, had, okay. I had to put that in there. Uh, all right. <laughs> Just make sure the guys get the boob count. Um, so we find out that Column's chambermaid's son yep. passed away. Mm. And, and it's because he was possessed because he devil. went to these mar- like these stones and uh devil went down to scotland uh-huh. sorry <laughs> so devil went down to scotland oh goodness <laughs> well no he he supposedly died and the ruins killed him because the black kirk yes kirk uh like james captain kirk, kirk. yes yes <laughs> um so the ruins supposedly killed him because the ruins are possessed by bad spirits yep claire obviously did like an in in her mind huge eye roll like oh you've got to be kidding me i know she's like really dude and, like, and that's another thing about this this episode the science versus religion and don't make the mistake of thinking that i'm speaking about faith i'm saying religion okay because they're two separate wholly separate items you, you can't get any more different i like that you just said wholly separate i feel uh, yeah. like we need a like a boom boom <laughs> didn't no no they're they're completely different and it, you see the uh total difference between father bane and what uh claire is going through in my opinion father bane is going to be some bad news guys here he's going to be a problem for claire 
and she's stepping in it again. She keeps getting herself into these things. She's talking too much. She is not shutting up. She's not doing just her job. Dude, don't get in your own way. Stop reinventing the freaking wheel. You don't need to. Just let the man be the man. Just keep your head down, girl. Because now you got yourself in trouble with the priest. And by and at this time, priests are bad people. They're pretty much. They have. Well, they're not like, bad people, but like they got a lot of power. They they are probably one of the most, if not the most powerful person. The guy says that women should be beaten on a daily basis to get the evil out. They're the temptress that was Eve, and husbands are supposed to beat them every day. Try tell me, is that a man that you want to trifle with? Nope. And, and you know what? I, you shouldn't even be trifling with him, okay? You shouldn't even be, like, talking to him. Just, no. you stay on your side of the street, and I'll stay on my side of the street, and we'll be happy. Don't mess with Father Bane, seriously. No. And I don't know why she's she just keeps getting herself into these problems. Because she couldn't stop. Like, when she went to go help Mrs. Fitz's nephew, and she figured out that he was poisoned... She couldn't stop. Here's a young boy. I mean, it's one thing with the boy that already passed away. Mm -hmm. She can't change anything like that. But this young boy, who obviously is poisoned, who she knows she can most likely get back to being healthy, that the nurse part of her, it just pulls at her. It's not that she's trying to stir up any trouble. It's the opposite. And you see her struggle with it for half of the episode. Sure, yeah. It's Claire knowing what is right. I think, it, yeah, it, it is right, and it's also part of like her, I guess, oath to being a nurse. Being a nurse, where she just has to take care of you know people that are that are ill. And I was so happy that Mrs. Fitz let her do her job. Yeah, eventually, and I, I don't blame Mrs. Fitz for giving Father Bain the chance at first. By the way, at first I was kind of pissed off. I was like, Mrs. Fitz, come on, let's go. But we already know, based upon that first scene, that she is. A, a devout Christian. They're all sitting there doing the cross and everyone's really superstitious and she is falling into that trapping, which is fine. But then when she realizes Father Bain ain't cutting it, man. Let, let, let's give Claire a shot here. Who knows what's going on? If Mrs. Fitz already knows that Claire is something that is... She knows her work. I'm not going to say special, but she she knows that that Claire is, is down to business. You know who also knows? What's that? Column. Yes. So he invites her up. He invites Claire on over to massage her legs. And he says, you know, the old healer used to do this. It made the pain go away a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Claire looks at him and is like, buddy, I want to rub the base of your spine. That's going to help a lot. And for those of you who have never had that area of your spine rubbed, oh my gosh. It's like the best (laughs) thing, especially if you've spent a day in heels, which let's be honest, that is torture. Um, You... Having the base of your spine rubbed feels extraordinary. So we got to see a bum. We yeah. got to see Column's bum. A very finely uh, crafted bum, by the way, for an old man. How did the special effects people make his legs look like that? It must have been a green screen. You know how they did that for like Lieutenant Dan and Forrest Gump? Oh, yeah. That's not, I bet you he wears green uh, leggings. Yeah. And then they could digitally insert it. That would be brilliant because I'm literally I'm sitting there thinking, how are they doing this? It's amazing. It's blowing my mind. I can't the, even. The makeup it. work is phenomenal. Uh, no, yeah, a finally crafted bum, like chiseled. I I am willing to bet mm-hmm. that was a stand-in. A stand-in bum. A stand-in bum. 
Really? That man does not have a bum like that. I don't even have a bum like that. Do you think that was part of his contract? Like, if my bum has to be shown, it needs to be Brad Pitt or something. <laughs> like, the cutest bum around. And, like, it was, like, it was like perfectly muscular. It wasn't hairy. I did hairy. not notice this bum as much as you did. I'm going to have to look back at the bum. I, I noticed the bum. I guess you did. I was like, wow, that's a fantastic I bum. I was listening to what he was saying. He was asking Claire, pretty much, you know, rhetorically. Yeah. I wonder what I did to Satan. To, to cause this. Why, why did the devil punish me like this? Yeah. What have I done? And uh, I think that was really sad. I think, is this column being kind of creepy or is this column like really like needing help? This is column, uh, the massage. The massage with the, with the bomb. And... Oh no, he needs help. Yeah, you think so? He needs help. Remember how she said that uh, he was close to, he doesn't really have them many more years that yep. she's seen this and she's surprised he still is alive. Yeah, where he's he is on right borrowed now. time, yeah. Yeah, so for, I mean, if your legs, as I said, I walk in heels and I'm in so much pain. <laughs> if my legs pretty much were like a whole high heel, oh, I oh. would be crying. I'm surprised Colin doesn't cry. <laughs> He's too strong. He probably does. He probably goes in his room, listens to his birds and cry. That's why he probably has birds. So nobody can hear him cry. Because he probably sits there and is like. <laughs> and the birds are like tweeting away. And people are like, oh, he's just singing to his birds. He's a he's a, a dirty, angry Scott. I don't think dirty, angry Scots cry. Mm-hmm. They just, they cry metal because they're just so manly. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry, I. You know, you know who's manly? Who? Me? Jamie, ja- you, but Jamie. <laughs> Jamie was dreaming this episode, and not just to me, but to Leary. We get to see that Leary has a hankering for a oh. hunk of Jamie. Oh, Claire's ne- sitting down next to her, getting her drink on, is what Claire does, mm-hmm. just hanging out, trying to see the new musician, and Leary cannot take her eyes off redheaded Jamie. And oh my God. I'm beginning to not like Claire. Blake. I'm beginning to not like Claire. She can't help that she's drinking. There is no Aquafina <laughs> in 1743. I, I, th- first of all, you've already you should have already learned your lesson when you got handed in front of Column and you missed breakfast with Mrs. Fitz last episode. No, but right? didn't you hear her? She was like, "I really like this wine." She <laughs> can't help herself. I want to taste it. Even Jamie was surprised. He's like, "Yeah, not many guys could even go past two, and you've already had three, girl." Girlfriend uh, knows how to drink. We saw in the first episode, and she was like, "Hallelujah." Yeah, war's over. I'm gonna drink me a bottle of champagne. And that, but not only that, too. She's like trying to set up Leary with Jamie. Jamie, yeah. And to me, that is like schoolgirl like ways of trying to be get in closer with the guy that you kind of like. No. Uh, come on now. You've you you ne- want to know what it is? What? If you set him up, he can't tempt you anymore. You think? Oh, you really think that's the way that it goes? That, when I saw that, that's how I took it. I didn't take it for, ooh, I'm going to sit closer to Jamie. I took it as, here's a cute girl. Jamie's been a good friend of mine. I'd love for him to get some action. But if he's also taken, he's not going to be as alluring all to right, me. But, all right, but you and I both know that women have an intuition on when men like them, right? Yes. Okay, so like it, that's... A, 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 but that's why she wants to set him up. She can see that this young, strapping young man keeps giving her eyes, and he has temptation. And she's thinking, you know what? If he wants to get it on with someone, why don't you get it on with Leary? She's, she's right here. She's willing and able. Sure. And if he is taken, and they can go on their merry little way, I can go home, uh, whatever. 
I'll, they'll live happily ever after. I just took it like she was setting her up just to bust balls. Oh, I didn't. I'd be all. like, oh, why don't you go with Leary? Hmm, and then you'll see what you're missing. Nope. I took it her being trying to be a girlfriend to both Jamie and Leary. She knows that Jamie is probably a very um, sexually frustrated man at this point. Yeah. So she's just trying to help a brother out, <laughs> in my opinion. But she's wasted. Oh, and she's listened to that dude, beautiful harp. Hammed. Like, I'm surprised you're still even walking. I wonder when Claire's not going to be wasted. <laughs> Is there a difference between wasted Claire and non-wasted Claire? Uh, like I, th- I don't think that there is because all she does is does. Claire. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think flashback Claire is usually sober. Scotland Claire, not. Not so much. <laughs> if the only option is disgusting well water or eating horse dung, I would drink that beautiful wine. The Rhenish. Well. Why not? Hey, Fine. Maybe they're just waiting for apple season so they can make apple cider. And then she'll just drink a lot of apple cider. It's probably just not in season right now. Well, Jamie finally sees that she is just totally blitzed. And he's like, hey. Uh, you know there's like white girl wasted? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's she's English girl wasted. We should call it like Sassanac girl wasted. <laughs> Sassanac we, wasted. That's yeah, what we're going to call it. There we it. go. <laughs> she got Sassanac wasted. And Jamie's seen this. And he's kind of like, Hey, you want to go check out my dressing? Uh, my shoulder somewhere? hurts. Yeah, my shoulder kind of hurts. You want to help me out? And I thought Jamie was being kind of creepy about this. And I was kind of like, oh, he's going to take her downstairs and, and you know do whatever. What? No. But you know what? He's the perfect man. Jamie's just perfect. Ja- Jamie is not perfect, okay? I don't care what anybody okay, says. stop. Sorry. He was being a little rude to Leary. Oh, oh, oh That's yeah. where he wasn't being perfect. That's because he likes, what's her name? He likes Claire. Yes, but he should also realize that this young female is trying to get his attention and he's just all eyes on Claire. You see, now that's the, that's the problem with guys. Guys, when they know Leary's that a girl yeah. likes them, yeah. because it's clear that, that, that Leary's Claire... Leary's drooling over him. Oh, Leary's drooling over him. But if you don't like Leary, right? But you like another girl and you know that the girl's kind of into you. Yeah. Gone, the other girl. Leary's in the friend zone. Le- Leary isn't even in... Larry is like on like the cusp of friend zone and I don't even know you anymore. It's so sad. Like she's like a way other level. But you know, their age difference is huge. Remember how he was saying, yeah, I was here when I was like seven. I don't even think you were born yet. Yeah, I don't even remember you at all. And you could just see, oh, that look of disappointment on her face when she's just like, and I, oh, my outlandish theory of the week is phenomenal. Good. I can't wait to say it to you guys. So Claire, oh, sorry, Sassanok wasted Claire and Jamie head on down to the surgery. I love that, by the way. I'm glad because it's true. And oh. by the rate she's going, she's going to be you oh know, my God. hanging out with that red wine for pink wine for a while. Reddish. So they're down. Oh, before, before I begin, stop, I loved how the musicians switched from the harp to the recorder. <laughs> Two of my favorite instruments. Oh my God. There was some beautiful recorder playing. I need to find out who the actual musician is. Sure, yeah. If any sing. of you actually know who the real life musician is, we could probably, we could probably please, Google it. Yeah, Google it. Tell me because I want to talk to him. I hope he speaks English. I mean, he was just singing in Gaelic. So hopefully he speaks I'm English. I'm sure he does speak English, darling. I know. I really want to talk to him. He was very talented. So Jamie is down the surgery and he's like, listen, I just I just lied. You're wasted. You're Sassanok wasted and I need to take care of you a little bit. And Claire's like, it's all right. Let me check your dressing anyway. And it becomes like, I wish that they had, um, let's get it on playing. I know that Marvin Gaye wasn't born in 1743. No, I don't think so. But that's pretty much what's happening. She was unbuttoning him. 
which is interesting. He can unbutton his own shirt, Claire. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's perfectly capable. He knows exactly, and she's like, "Oh yeah, it's 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 fine. You know, it's not pussing or whatever it was." Come on, girl. You know what? Only Claire could think puss and scabbing was sexy. Yeah. Because the way she was saying it, it was as if she was saying, I can see right into your soul through your eyes and your amber hair just drives me wild. But instead it was, there's no puss. And the, the scar looks great. You know? It, really, Claire? That's on, sexy talk. But I guess to a nurse who's Sassanok wasted, it is. And I'm so glad that they did not kiss or they did not do anything they just keep teasing this relationship who do you think did not like did the least amount of initiating oh uh, jamie so you think jamie was being a good guy yeah i I do i because then i I did at first think he was being like kind of shady yeah but then i realized he wasn't he actually was kind of being like all right you know what i gotta get you downstairs so that nobody either one takes advantage of you or two you make a fool of yourself and he could have taken advantage of her yeah sure and, and he, he didn't didn't and like he, he kind of wanted to you could see it in his face when she's unbuttoning the shirt and he's giving her the look that i'm looking at your lips because i want to know that i want you to know that i know that you know that i know that i'm going to kiss you yeah that was happening I want you. But he didn't do the so ninety. Bad. He didn't do the ninety ten move. No. Ooh, good job. Good Bet Beatles reference. You're welcome. That that's my girl. I got you. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Dorothy, Wizard of Oz. Love your red shoes, Gillis Duncan. Oh, Gillis. Gillis. Or is it is it We're- Gillis? They say Gillis in the show. Should we say Gillis? Yes, we should do what's right. All right, Galus. All right, Galus was one of these. Galus Duncan. Galus Duncan. Who is loving to pick her some flowers. Girlfriend loves botany just like Claire. Mm-hmm. And she tells Claire a little bit more about this evil possession stuff that's going on. Yep. And Claire's really questioning her. She's like, listen, Galus, I know you're smart. Like, I really know you're smart. Do you really think that that boy was possessed? And I loved the things that Gayla said. She said, sometimes uh, there's powers beyond what we can hear or touch, powers of magic that have no earthly explanation. Mm -hmm. I feel like, Gayla, there's a lot more than meets the eye to this woman. But she she says the people believe the boy is possessed. Yes, that's true. That's true. But that, to me, the earthly explanation thing, that is not about. That is that is not about the boy. That's about Claire. What? That's about Claire, guaranteed. Mm. Uh, and, and I feel like Galus knows something's up with Claire. You know who has my favorite accent? Who is Galus? Oh. I, I could listen to her talk for. Ever. It's a very playful accent. It is. It is. I want to interview her because I just want to hear her voice. I want to hear her do that. You're, playful is the right word. Yeah. It's got a little bit of um, a bounce. Yes. A little bit, and I know that while reading about the dialects and um, how people need to be speaking in this, I know that the Highlander kind of is a little bit more sing-song, but I love the way that she speaks. Yes. You know what else I love? What? Infinity Scars. Oh, my Is God. Is anyone else lusting after Claire's gorgeous scarf? I need to find someone on Etsy or if any of you could make that scarf for me. It probably would take up like my whole face because it's so big. <laughs> but that brown scarf that she wore this whole episode. Did they actually have infinity scarves back then? Yes. 
Or is that like a mistake by no. like, like the crew? No, they totally made them. Oh my god! Do you see how cool like her hand hand glove things or arm gloves? Oh, were? those were super awesome. So if they could make those cool things, you know that they made Infinity scarves. Oh my god, I love that Infinity scarf. And this is where we get to see the uh, the red shoes. Oh, red the shoes. red shoes! Gosh, I the amount of things that I want in my closet already. <laughs> Just by the third episode of Outlander between Claire's blue coat in the first episode, now Galus' red shoes, and this brown infinity scarf, I want them all. Love it, love it, love it. Mm-hmm. Um, before we leave totally the possession talk. Oh, I, yeah, when, when Thomas, Mrs. Fitz's nephew, gets yeah, diagnosed. I loved when Claire went in and said to Mrs. Fitz and to Father Bain that she had once been told that her healing skills were a gift from God. Oh yeah, she says it to I think it was Angus when he's like when he was, was it? it was I think it was Angus. Okay. And and she's walking into yes. the town. Yes. And he's like, Colum's gonna be pissed off that you're doing this and yada yada yada. Let let the priest do his job and she says that and you just see his face like Whoa! Huh. And he does the cross on his on his on his body yes. and everything. Like he was like, all right, you okay, know. If you, to- if you tell me that, and the poor kid is tied to his bed, and he's just a whole whole pile of mess. <laughs> he's like tripping out because he ate some weird leaves. Ew! You know, I'm glad people don't eat leaves like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Dumb kid. <laughs> <laughs> just no leaves. Like if you know things, well, maybe they just didn't know it was poisonous. Oh, they didn't because it was a foreign species. It was from it was from Germany. Germany. Oh wait, no, not Germany, Prussia. Prussia. You know because Germany didn't exist at this time. Oh my god, good thing she knew that. If I traveled, I would be like, you know, Germany. And yeah. would be like, what? And I'd be like, Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. How? Oh wait, you don't you don't know him. Oh, um, how do you not know him? Do you not read the news? <laughs> <laughs> and you would have died immediately. Um, you know who wanted to die a little? Who? Jamie. Because Why? he was so embarrassed because Leary was no longer in the friend zone. Oh, yeah. No. See, no. Leary, this this was one of those things where you felt bad for the girl. For Leary? Oh, When she was yeah. making out with Jamie, uh, I did not feel bad at all. No, no. I felt bad for her because as a guy, I know what this is about. What? This is about the man has got needs, and he knows that Leary's into him. So what happens? Well, Leary was gives already her, he in gives, trouble. He gives her a little bit of a bump. He also knows that she uh, is a little flirtatious. That's what she got in trouble for last week. He knows because she's got some loose behavior. Yes. So, hey, I, I got needs. I'm a man. Let's get it in. So, no, they didn't do that. Well, they but just you know what I'm out. talking about. Like, they, you know he what I'm talking about. He had a swollen lip. We'll yeah. say that. <laughs> the Philly got, it, got him pretty good on that one. Did you like the little footsie game? <laughs> she steps on his foot, you know, and she. I've never done that to you while we eat. No, you haven't. Can you try that now? No, our table has like too big of a base. Uh-huh. I can't kick around. Look, at, I'm trying to kick. I feel like Colm. I'm trying to kick <laughs> around the table and I Colm can't. Colm could do it. Why can't you? Colm would actually be able to do it. You're not kidding. The one thing poor Colm could do. So, um, yeah, I, I like this little kicking under the table bit. And then Rupert, Jamie leaves because he's really insulted. Yep. He's like, whatever, you're blowing up my spot. And Rupert looks at Claire and he tells her that he Jamie needs a wife and mm-hmm. she should stop poking fun of him and that Leary is a girl and she's always going to be a girl. Yep. Rupert knows what's up. Yeah, he knows that he should Jamie should be with a girl more like Claire. Yeah. And he knows he sees the interactions, he sees all of it. What do you think he likes about if 
what do you think he sees in Claire that's over Leary? Because he was saying that she's too young of a girl. Oh, yeah. So, no, he said that she's always going to be a girl. What does that mean? That she just doesn't have that personality. She doesn't have that that lady type atmosphere about her. She just is always going to be trouncing around with other guys and always she's always going to be so immature. You saw it, oh, okay. I saw it more as immature that she would almost always be you know, what people almost think of like a blonde ditzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's never going to be someone that you can respect. It'd be like, it would be like um, dating, uh, I don't know, a 13-year-old girl in comparison to Michelle Obama. You know, he, okay. he, he thinks that it, Jamie should be with Michelle Obama. Okay. As opposed to, you know, some Dana Brody from Homeland, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excuse me. You all right? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Claire has another interaction with Dougal. Oh. Claire and Dougal are not BFFs. Definitely not BFFs. Mm-mm-mm. You know what? They're not even friend zone. But it's a cute interaction, kind of. Yeah, he kind of I mean, gives her the business a little bit. And she's crying because she's missing her husband. And yes. she's realizing, you know what? I am a good wife. And she's sad. She misses Frank. And Dougal kind of sees her crying a little bit. Yeah, and he, he kind of... <laughs> To me, Dougal is a good man. I think he's just trying to do what's best for his for his little castle. And well, it's not his, but but you know what I mean. mean. Like he's he's basically in charge when his brother is his brother's is the laird, but Dougal's the muscle. And I think he also know he knows that there's more to Claire. Yes, but he also is seeing that she's also human, and he wants to take her to Galus. Yes, because she he wants her to replenish all the all the uh, the medicines and everything. Now, do you think that's him feeling bad for Claire? Or is that something that, that like, he is just doing because he's got to do it? Uh, no, it's Claire's job. Yeah. He, he basically said, we're going to be having a lot of bros come on in. Yeah. And bros being bros, they're going to drink and be hurt. So you need to replenish all of your stores. That's why he tells her, he pretty much says you need to go food shopping. Please, yes. Except food shopping for more house dung. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I, I forgot to say this. This is when, before we see like Dougal and everything, we see uh, Jamie and uh, uh, Leary kiss. Yes. Right. And then they have that voiceover. The voiceover of, it's not that I was jealous of her. It was more that I was jealous of their intimacy. And okay, I got a, a couple of, problems with this this is starting to be why i don't like claire as as much as i probably should she's not saying that she is jealous of the girl but she's saying that she's jealous of the fact that they're being intimate and that's all she wants for jamie right now like that's all she cares about and all this flirtation is just caring about intimacy and i feel like that's a little inappropriate like, I know you got sexual urges, girl. Clearly, you are a very sex-driven woman. I get it. No problem. But really? Well, this is in Claire's mind. She's not saying it to anybody. And we all know that Claire is a very, very, very sexual woman. And she's now been without getting her needs met for quite some time. Yeah, I know. But like, still, like... I don't think it was bad. It was a voiceover. It was her own internal monologue. Now, if she was sitting down, drinking some wine, and saying this to Mrs. Fitz, saying, I wish I could get laid. I'm really <laughs> jealous right now. I'm, I'm horny. That would be inappropriate. Yeah, a little bit. But instead, in her own mind, she was like, man, 
I am jealous because I could get some right now and I can't. (laughs) Girls got needs. That's all it was in my opinion. And I also want to say this too. The voiceovers, I'm done complaining about them. Okay. I'm accepting them. Good. In fact, I'm going to support them. I, they have become more seamless. But not even that. It's just like everybody hates on the voiceovers. And I'm done. I'm done hating them. Because clearly Ronald D. Moore is a lot smarter than me. And he's decided these voiceovers are important. And screw it. I'm going to go with it. Good. I'm going to be a supporter. I'm, going, I'm, I'm blazing a new path. If you want to join me, come right behind me. I like it. All right. Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> you know who has needs too? Who? Galus Duncan. Except... Her husband farts a lot. Oh, my God. So she she acts really sweet with him. Okay, why is she with this tool bag, Galus? Probably because he's powerful and rich. Do you think that she was like some kind of like bad news girl? She's like a gold digger. Oh, you think she's a gold digger? Did you see those red shoes? And did you see the shoes that Claire had to wear in the episode before? Mm -hmm. I think Galus was like, if I hang out with that guy, I'm going to get me some red shoes. Galus is a manipulative... A manipulative little wench really yeah i'm starting to not like her either uh-oh i thought you liked her i do no i do like her but i'm starting to, I'm, I'm i don't trust her with any ounce of my body she is bad news and i don't trust her i think she's very smart she is smart but she's manipulative who's and, she manipulating well for, clearly she's manipulating the husband into making sure that the, the boys the kid who stole the bread i would done the same thing i know i'm just saying this is showing her character and also she's asking I, I her think, husband to be merciful sure but she you know she's not saying sweetheart come on like the kid's just a boy like he, he stole a loaf of bread that's come what on. she did say but like she was being all sexy about it's it it's her husband yeah come on you know what if you came up to me and was like that it would have been like hey what that, you, that's what's, their what's, relationship. What that is their relationship. But she I gives also, him peppermint for his farts. <laughs> and by the way, I love, I love all the fart sounds. By the way, that was great. Why is he farting so much? Wait, maybe he doesn't. You know, he's, he's got problems. Maybe he eats some chili. I don't know. Maybe he had some beans. I don't know. <laughs> I also think that she's manipulating Claire a little bit. She she's manipulating Claire, or she's trying to. She's trying to get find out where Claire is coming from. Which leads me to feel that she is once again pretty smart. Sure, but I'm not saying that she's not smart. I'm saying that she's manipulative. And she's trying to, I think, further her own goals. Especially especially as it relates to Claire. I don't trust her any ounce. Not, not one ounce. They end up, she ends up talking to her husband and telling him, please be lenient. And so he has to spend like an hour hanging out being embarrassed with his ear nailed to that post. Yeah. Ouch. And Claire is sitting there looking at this like, oh, this, this is barbaric. She is. She is not okay <laughs> with it. And who comes to the rescue? Oh, Jamie, Jamie, of course. And I love how Jamie and Claire didn't even have to have a full out conversation. It was like, you have strong fingers, don't you? And he was like, yeah. And yeah. he thought it was, he kind of, that was a little come on. And she was like, no, no, go rip that out. I'm going to pretend to faint. Yeah. It was perfect. It was good. I, it was great, great shot. Perfectly written, n- nice job. It, it, they could have had like the voiceover telling the whole plan and everything, but they didn't. No, they didn't need to. They didn't need to. It, they just you, you you understood what was happening. And then Jamie and Claire said, "You know what? We're rebels right now. Let's go to the Black Kirk. <laughs> Let's do this." And I liked when when Claire is asking him different questions, and she said, "Why would people feel this way about such a beautiful place?" And he said, "Satan is clever." Yes, 
and he and he says that he's a clever guy too. Mm-hmm. By the way, he he he's been taught Greek and Latin, and he had a tutor, and so that clearly means that he gets Claire. He gets her why she's like so science based, but he also says, "But I am from the Highlands. I'm superstitious, and I came here to prove my manhood once." A long time ago, too, and I came here and I ate berries and wood garlic. Yep. And that's when Claire puts two and two together, looks for the wood garlic, finds Lily of the Valley, and saves the day. Which, by the way, for Breaking Bad, if you know, if you remember Breaking Bad, spoiler alert, that's the plant that Walt gives the little Mexican boy at the end. That's the same exact plant, by the way. Lily of the Valley. Lily of the Valley. Oh, wow. Well, Claire comes in and... uh, is it Pastor Bane? No, Father Bane. Father Bane says he smells the vapors of hell on her. <laughs> oh, this is bad what news. Do you, what do you say to that? You say, I'm sorry. I, I've been playing with horse dung. Like, <laughs> what do the vapors of hell smell like? The- I should say that. I mean, like, I wish I had someone I didn't like so I could say that. <gasps> I smell the vapors of hell on you. Like, that is like some That's serious mean. fighting words. That is. Like you don't, you're not playing around when you say, when you say someone's got vapors of hell surrounding them. Mm-mm-mm. And she gives him the business. She's like, "Back off, bro." I got this. I'm here. I'm taking care I'm here of with it. With my little elixir, fingers crossed it worked. And I, li- she, yeah, I liked she, that voiceover when she was like, "I don't really know. I don't know how much if I, I got, gave him." If I got the amount wrong, if I did one thing wrong, this kid's gonna be dead. And uh, luckily, it pays off. In Mrs. Fitz, she earns Mrs. Fitz trust. She does here. She gets it. And, you know, it's going to, now she's dubbed kind of like the miracle worker, yeah. which is really cool. But it's also bad. Yeah, because now people don't want her to leave. And people are staring at her like, whoa. Hey. Like, what? instead of just being under the radar, don't get too much, don't don't go crazy here. I'm, I'm, if I'm in 1743, you know what I'm doing? What? I'm shutting the hell up. I'm not saying anything. See, I think Claire's a lot like me because you know how you tell me all the time, mind your own business, shut yeah. your mouth, don't get involved in these things. Yeah. And then I do. And sometimes it blows up on my uh, face. I know. I'm not even going to mention uh, any of them. Sometimes. All the time. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So maybe this is why I love Claire because I, I relate to her a lot. I When I see something that needs to get fixed... Oh gosh, like guys, this one time recently at a wedding, oh the oh the saxophonist, God. his microphone was pointing in the wrong direction. So I just left my dining table and I went and I fixed his microphone. No, 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 no. For she, no, no, she's making it sound very simple. No, this wasn't this simple. She goes, "Should I fix the should I fix the microphone for him?" I'm like, "No." I asked him for about I asked Blake for like 20 minutes. She was like a little kid. It. She was like a little kid looking at it, looking I'm a at saxophonist, me, looking guys. at me, looking at the thing. And it, you could see it brewing in her brain. She's like, she's like shivering over it, and she, her, her legs are shaking, and she can't help it. And then all of a sudden, without saying anything, you know what she does? She goes and fixes it. I was just like Claire. Oh my god! I, I saw something that is my profession, is my job. Being a saxophonist myself, I saw a need that needed to be fixed. I saw someone who needed help, and I went and I fixed it. Let's talk about Father Bain real quick. All right, Father Bain is none too happy with Claire. He's mean. In fact, can you imagine his setting or the way that he feels? Someone came against the church and was like, you're wrong. I'm going to take care of this. And not only do they say that, they actually do it. And worst of all, it's a woman. (sighs) This guy is going to be 
that bull is, crap. I is. mean, he is going to be. Luckily, this is not not explicit podcast because I would have said something else. He is not going to be happy. It, they are setting this guy up, in my opinion, to be a much larger foe for Claire than Blackjack Randall, in my opinion. Really? Oh yeah, no, no. This guy is bad news because he has a far greater reach, in my opinion, than Blackjack Randall. So we have a new antagonist. Oh yeah, definitely. In fact, I think he's probably more dangerous to Claire than actually BJR. And we have a possibility of escape for Miss Claire. At least, at least a hope that she can go back to the Stones one day and go back to Frank. I think so, and probably. She's going to run into trouble with BJR out there. Somewhere, some way, somehow, she's going to run into him. Because he, we all know that he's lurking out there and he's trying to find these Scots. I think that that might bring BJR back into the fold. But it's still not going to be as dangerous as the, as the priest. It's just not going to happen. And last, but certainly not least, we have Claire, who seems a little bit interested in Mr. Jamie McTavish. Yeah. God. Why are you having a problem with this? Well, because first of all, like I said, I've said a billion times this this episode, I am team Frank all the way. Okay. I'm tired of this whole Jamie's perfect. Oh my God. My heart's a flutter. My pants are on on fire for Jamie and Claire. Uh, Because you know what? I'm really not. Because I feel bad for Frank. I mean, we, we started this conversation feeling bad for Frank, and I think we should end it feeling bad for Frank. Because this guy's done nothing to deserve any of it. You're right. You know? And all he does is love Claire, and what does he get for it? Nothing. Nothing. In fact, she's out there flirting with another dude. 200 years before he's even born. Yeah, and, and this is probably what is going to push Claire into Jamie's arms. You want to know why? Why? Here's the idea. You got Blackjack Randall out there, and he is, I mean, lit, obviously, literally the same person in, in, for the show, but he, his blood is in Frank's blood. Yes. It, I mean, there, there's a part of Blackjack Randall and, and Frank. Whether or not it's suppressed, whether or not it's something that is part of him that he doesn't want to acknowledge, it's there. And you can, I bet you could, I bet you the bottom dollar that Claire... Every time she sees BJR, she's thinking of Frank. And then she's going to start putting the two together. And I think that's what's going to drive her into Jamie's arms. You know? mm. I, and I, I think that's going to be the problem. And ultimately, even though she says, oh, well, I'm going to do anything I can to get, to get back to Frank, that's going to fall apart. That's going to fall apart because she's going she's to try to escape. They're going to get her. And she's probably going to run into Blackjack. And that's going to push her into Jamie's arms. It's going to be a problem. Well, now that we have your take on what's about to happen, let's get into our listener feedback. We heard from Cree Bell Bet, or no, Cree Bell Beth on Instagram. She said she loved the theming between the 18th century Scottish beliefs and religion versus the 20th century of Claire's mind. She's interested that Jamie's interest in Claire is shown more overtly in the film than how she perceived it when reading the books. And she loves, 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 loves the slow but solid build of their relationship. Thank you so much. I am in firm, I'm in firm belief that this is the right choice, that Ron Moore is making the right choice. I don't want, it, it would be, it would be inappropriate in my opinion not even like relationship-wise, but story-wise, to have Claire just run into Jamie's arms so quickly and then fall in love so quickly. 
Let them flirt for a little bit. Let it, let it slow burn. I like that. Shannon Crawford on Facebook said that this is the best episode yet. She loves Galus's shoes. Very Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> I thought about that too. I got to tell you, I'm not sure if I necessarily agree this was the best episode yet. I, I really don't. I, th- I thought this was the weakest. What did you miss? I felt like this was... Remember in X-Files, it was like a monster of the week? Um... I don't really remember X-Files that much. Okay. Well, like it just, you know, they had to solve the monster of the week, you know, okay. in, in X-Files. And that's what this felt like. It, it just felt like it didn't really further the plot along. It, you, it introduced Father Bane. Okay. But other than that, it was a pretty static episode. I disagree. Okay. I, I may not say that it was the best episode in my opinion, but I think you needed this episode to solidify character development. Yeah. It, it, oh, no. Uh, all right. Maybe I, that's a bad turn of phrase. Let's say this. I think this was a world builder. Very, an important episode. Okay. So it may not have been your favorite because there was no Blackjack Randall. There were no big issues that you had to overcome. Yeah. But it was all about the relationship building. The, the building between uh, Jamie and Claire, yeah. between Dougal and Claire, and Claire and Gillis. And this is the one that got their hands dirty. That's right. You know, it, and I also noticed too, the direction of this episode was completely different. And why was it? Because it was by a different director. And it felt different. Mm-hmm. It was told differently. It had, it had a different. It felt smaller. Yes. It felt. It didn't feel as cinematic. I thought the pacing was different. And I'm not saying that's all a bad thing. It was just different. But the John Dahl, the the director of the first two episodes, set my expectation level for the show pretty high, because he treated it very much like a beautiful movie, and he treated the pacing like a movie, and this felt more to me like a TV show. Here's where I liked this in regards to differencing from John Dahl. I agree with you. John made it beautiful. Those scenes with the dancing, just the landscape, everything. I cared more about the characters in this episode than I had previously. Good. So I think that they each had different strengths, and I'm happy that they have different directors Mm -hmm. to bring this out. It's so needed. Marie Benson on Facebook says that she noticed the red shoes right away. And Marissa May Delarosa Sutton says that she loved this episode. She always enjoys getting to know the characters. Jamie, an educated man. Mrs. Fitz doesn't take crap from Bane. Mm-mm. Galus is too curious of Claire. The show is settling nicely. All right, it's time to get to our tweets. Blake, what do you have? First tweet I got is from Becky Hughes. She says, getting the Glenn Levitt ready, of course. Outlander and Scotch Talk and a little Drambuie for my tea for the afterglow. Hmm. Arcatrell tweets that she started the day with an eight-mile run accompanied by Outlander cast. Whoa, and I don't even drive my car eight miles. Right, and she's going to end the day with her kilted dear husband and Scotch. <laughs> you are a lucky duck. Danielle Mahoney tweets at us, You know, I think Mrs. Fitzgibbons is becoming another favorite character with Claire and Jamie. She is a bad bleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is a bad bleep. I'll tell you that. Maureen says that there is great casting for the character of Father Bane, a fanatic, never a good enemy to make. Peggy S. says, Katrina's facial expressions are perfectly spot on, just like her accent, and the scenery is amazing. Marissa Sutton says that she's listened to episode two of Outlander cast and she wants to tell us thank you for keeping it spoiler free and just about the show because she hasn't read the books. Dot, dot, dot. Yet. I hope you start cracking those open, Marissa. It might be good to read in the interim period. Actually, Peggy sent us another tweet, and I wanted to get this out there. She said she's loving the chemistry between Sam and Katrina. His eyes say so much unspoken words and sentiment. 
Karen agrees with the chemistry, saying some funny moments throughout and a good setup for future episodes. Krista Thomas says she loves Outlander, even changes to the book help move you a story long, and it stay, but it does stay true to the book story, too. The chemistry, again, I think this is a good theme here, the chemistry. The chemistry is red hot, like Galus's shoes. Jamie C. sends in a outlandish theory. She says, I think Galus knows Claire is not from 1743. She's very curious about Claire's origins, but in a different way than Colm and Dougal. And Jamie also won our tweet of the week. Yeah, girl. She said, one of my most favorite parts was with Murtaugh and Claire. I think he believes Claire is the one for Jamie. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Definitely, he knows that Claire is probably the best fit for Jamie because she can control. Well, she takes him out of everything that that Jamie wants to be or can be. She makes him a better person, more fulfilled. And, and I think she's intellectually uh, proper for him as well. Huh. But about that, about the Galus theory. Okay, are you ready for your outlandish theory of the week, Blake? Well, not yet. Hold on, let me, let me just say this. Okay, my Galus theory is that. Jamie is right. Galus totally knows that Claire ain't from 1743. Oh, Jamie, sorry, our Twitter friend Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get confused with oh, yeah, Mr. Sorry. McTavish. It, it, Jamie is totally right. Galus totally knows that Claire ain't from 1743. It, it's That's like a guarantee. And I'm going to save my theory on this later for another episode. I want to get some more. I want to get some more feed. You want to get some this. more traction. I, I'm going to let this simmer a little okay, bit. Okay. Okay. Well, so I'm not going to give you my, my theory on that quite yet. What is your outlandish theory of the week? All right. So now we got Father Bane, right? Father Bane's there. We, we got problems. He, we know that he's going to be a personal nemesis to Claire. She's, our, she's already made that bed. She's going to sleep in that bed now. So... How do we get Father Bane and Claire interacting again? I I'll tell you how. how. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. <laughs> it's going to be Leary. Ooh. Leary is going to be some kind of pissed off that Claire is getting it on with, or is soon going to have a relationship with Jamie. We all know it. Let's just get it out there in the open. They're going to have a relationship. Fine. And what is she going to do? She's going to throw Claire under the bus to Father Bane. Oh, no. And Leg hair. What are you doing? <laughs> and she's going to create this tension. And she's going to sick Father Bane on Claire to get Jamie herself. Because you saw how jealous she was of Claire. There was some serious, serious girl hate going on. I mean, like, if, if she could, like, catfight and pull hair and, like, make Claire's life miserable... She's going to do everything she can. So she's going to set Claire up with Father Bane. Wow. And I think it might even set up a conflict for Castle Leoc. Uh, m- meaning, will Father Bane demand um, Claire to come out and be punished? And I think that's what's going to happen. Do you think she'll have her ear nailed to the post? <laughs> Jamie would never let that happen. He and his strong fingers. He'll rip that right He and out. his perfect freaking persona. Oh, God. I'm so sick of Jamie okay, already. Okay, stop it. You're going to have a lot of haters hating. Good. Tell me, <laughs> ouch. Tell me, what was your favorite part of this episode? Favorite part of this episode...
favorite part of this episode was the beginning. It was the it was the fake out with uh, Mrs. Fitz and Claire. I thought that was such a phenomenal idea by Ron Moore. And it's not just because oh, it was the most beautifully shot or whatever. It, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't particularly written all that well. But it was such a great moment for the show just to piss off all the readers and then get all the non-readers excited about it. Be like, oh my God, I got to see what she does. And it created this huge fervor. And there it is. Yeah, for that whole week, every book reader was biting their tongue saying, why would Mrs. Fitz be calling her a witch? I I agree. I agree. And I loved that scene. I thought it was great. I thought it was good to put in there. It it, it served the story well. It served the show well. It's making the show its own beast. That is the the first big step. And I, I totally appreciate that. How about you? What do you got? I loved that first flashback scene as well just because it made you love Frank mm-hmm. and yes Claire is Sassanak tipsy you know <laughs> wasted and uh, she needs to remember him right now and that yeah. is her driving force to get home and to change the situation so yeah. I agree I loved that that segment We have been talking now for close to an hour, and we want you to hear some other people's voices. Hmm. So let's get into our voicemail listener feedback. Hi guys, this is Marie Quiltnut on Twitter, and I just think listening to you guys is, are awesome. I love how Blake takes his little twist to it because he hasn't read the book. I think I'm more fascinated with what Blake has to say each week so that I can hear and see his perception of it. Plus, being a guy, we get a different twist to it. Um, I also asked if you would read the books, and you said you would, but I want to alter my question. Do you, would you consider reading the book in conjunction as you watch the show? Like every three chapters, you know, that they portray on the series, would you consider reading the book as it goes along? Just want to know what your thoughts are. Keep up the great work. I can't wait to hear your next one. Talk to you guys later. Thank you so much for the great feedback. It really brings a smile to Blake in my face to hear that. Uh, In regards to us reading the book and talking about the chapters in the book and how it might differ from the show, we are going to wait until there is a break in the show. Reason being, I don't know if Ron Moore has shot things out of order and we don't want to do any spoilers. That's the big thing that we're standing behind is that we want to be a spoiler-free show when the show is in season. So when the show is not airing, whether that's the middle break in the beginning of the year or actually in the summertime, you know, when when the second half of season one airs after that. So we'll either be doing a book analysis in between the break or in between season one and two. Thanks so much for the suggestion. Here's our second voicemail feedback. First of all, I would like to send warm greetings to all the Outlander fans around the world. My name is Krisha and I am, as probably all of you, totally addicted to the show Outlander. I love all the characters in it, the scenery, the scripts, the directing, the editing, the music the costumes, the atmosphere, all these awesome, awesome details and all little hints and secrets in it. In short, I love the whole idea behind it. But above all, 
I'm a very big fan of Tobias Menzies, so I hope to see more of him in Outlander as soon as possible. As Frank or Blackjack Randall, I really don't care because I miss him so, so much. It's not that he's not there, but it's just too short. I'm sure that's the plan anyway, but yeah, I'm so ready for more of both characters. Yeah, what's left to say? Well, I really, really love the show. I love Claire's journey and I love to be a part of it. And I'm so super excited to see where this journey goes. And yes, I just started with the first book. So everything is still a big mystery for me, full of surprises. But this is definitely one of the best shows I've seen in years. I couldn't agree with you more about being one of the best shows. It is beautiful and the character development is fantastic. And I'm really excited for you to become a book reader. You're going to love this journey. I just don't know your name, so I'm sorry. I would love to thank you with your name. So anyone who calls and leaves future voicemail feedback, please call with your name and tell us where you're from because Blake and I want to properly thank you. You can even, if you want, leave like your Twitter handle or something and so I can tweet this to you. I won't necessarily put it up on the voicemail, but I just want to thank you for taking the time to call. And if you would like to have your voice heard on Outlander Cast, it's super easy. You can just call our hotline or you can go straight to website which is outlandercast.com click a little button and you can record straight from our website which is pretty darn cool <laughs> yeah if you want to call the hotline that number is 503-454-6730 everybody thank you so incredibly much for tuning in to this week's episode of outlander cast the show would not be the same without you so keep those tweets coming and facebook feedback and instagram we absolutely love hearing from you so there are different ways to reach out to us you can head on over to our website once again it is outlandercast.com check us out on the facebook machine at facebook.com slash outlandercast find us on twitter we tweet a lot our handle is outlandercast and how about some email too i always love getting those emails guys you can find us at outlandercast at gmail.com. And don't forget to head on over to iTunes. We wanted to tell you a great review that we heard from Emily Lil. She said, I must admit, I wasn't sure I would like this podcast after my first listen. I thought that Blake's not so subtle accent might get on my nerves a bit. But the more I listen to these two, the more I am loving this podcast. Blake's theories are quite entertaining and his clear voice is spot on. That's right. I am. To- it's my totally good clear voice. Episode three had me cracking up between the cheese callbacks, Harry Potter shout outs and lighthearted banter between Mary and Blake. It's nice to have a humorous, not so serious discussion about the show. Keep on keeping on, Mary and Blake. Oh, thank you. Well, so thank much. you so much, Emily Lay. And we also heard from Rachel Kuhn, who said, Love this podcast. She almost passed this podcast up. <gasps> thank goodness I took the time to listen. I love how you two talk through the entire episode. You gave, you know, we both have great voices, and I find myself nodding in agreement to many of your comments and theories. My books are in the mail, so I was thrilled when Mary said she wasn't going to be spoiling anything for us. You're welcome, Rachel, and I'm excited that your books are in the mail. You'll have to uh, send me a special little tweet because I want to know what you think when it does come in. <laughs> All right, everyone, once again, thank you so much. Head on over to iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It honestly makes Blake and my day. Like, we call each other at work. We both have, like, real jobs. <laughs> 
<laughs> Oddly enough, we do and, have real jobs. And we call each other and we're like, oh my God, did you see? They like us. They wrote us a little message. Or if anyone ever has anything to say about us pronouncing something incorrectly, we pr- properly go on and practice it. Practice that word so that we don't mess it up. So thank you so much. Honestly, the feedback just means the world to us. And even if we do mess something up, call us out on it so that way we can get it right. I will always take criticism. Please don't ever feel like you're going to hurt our feelings. You won't. It's all in an effort to make this podcast and the whole community better. And speaking of that, if you haven't got enough Outlander quite yet, what I want you to do is go listen to other podcasts. I say this after each episode, and I cannot recommend to you enough to go listen to other podcasts, especially the Scott and the Sassanok. Alistair and, L- and Lonnie? Yeah. Yeah. Alistair and Lonnie are so freaking awesome. Although Alistair has decided that he is not going to take my challenge of me doing a Scottish accent and him not doing the Boston accent. Come on, bro. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Come on, you're better than that. He, you just, you, you accept that. His, move on. His accent might just be a little cooler. That's why. Oh, no, no. Time out. We should have a, we should have a vote. No. All right, guys, they, whose accent's cool? They, he will win because everyone loves Scotland right now. Everyone like, loves Boston, too? I don't know. All right, whose accent's cooler? Is it my accent or Alistair's uh, accent? And, I, I already vote for Alistair, so <gasps> sorry. Oh, way to have my back. It, it, so, listen, they actually break down the story very well. They're great storytellers, so they know all the mechanics of it and how to do it and how to get it right. Great job by these guys. Please listen to them. And also... Listen to the Outlander podcast. Yes, Ginger and Summer. They love everything about Outlander. Hardcore fans. Give them a listen. They have great insight. And also, guess what, guys? Executive producer Ronald Moore and his wife have a podcast. Oh, yes. That's right. I forgot about that. He goes through it pretty deeply i mean he's he's great about it so you just go into itunes type in the word outlander go to the podcast section and just geek out because you know we have a long time to wait in between episodes i listen to podcasts when i go for walks when i drive when i cook i mean you name it i listen to it so we want to spread the love and if you can't get enough of mary and blake where else can they find us darling we have a podcast dedicated to pregnancy and being a new parent it is called parent cast and we also have another podcast about the show the leftovers which is on HBO, and that podcast is called The Living Reminders. Well, once again, everyone, thank you so much for joining us on Outlander Cast. I'm Mary. My name is Blake. And we'll talk to you again soon. Take care.